We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in Possible. It's been wonderful working with them. It's been wonderful working with these two gentlemen. I know Maddie Lane's been watching a little bit of the quarterback on Netflix, haven't you, Maddie? I, I have. Um, Tucker and I talked about it. Um, if you you know heard us earlier today talking about this, uh, we talked about we hadn't started it. Started it last night. I I've got through half of it, about four episodes in. It's a uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been good. Um, I like the differences in the different quarterbacks, approaches, all all the different stuff. It's it's been a good documentary. I had high hopes because the golf one. The tennis one that Netflix has done have all been very good. I assume this one would be also done well, and I think it is. Uh, Craig, have you started quarterback at all? Absolutely not. I have not even had a moment of time to turn that on, but I'm looking forward to it. I've heard nothing but positive things about Kirk Cousins, which must really, like, Kent, how are you dealing with that, buddy? So much praise for Kirk Cousins on the timeline you notoriously not a Kirk Cousins fan. I uh, I'm gonna start calling him Kirkland Cousins because that man is a walking Costco. I anyone that knows something, I kind of love it. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, I, is that yeah, that's, that's you? you are, it, yeah, it is great to watch a documentary on a fellow Kirkland King. Like, I'm, just... I, I'm enjoying it. He's great on there. He is great on there. He's perfect. He's perfect as the contrast for okay. Like spoiler, Marcus Mariota's not on there a lot. Okay, like he's just not there a lot. It's mostly it's mostly Mahomes and Cousins, and it's a really good. They're very different, and so I think that makes it work really well. I will say this though, playing football is very hard. Playing in the NFL is unimaginably hard. 
Kurt Cousins' documentary makes it look as hard as it possibly can. <laughs> Just absolutely as hard as it can. It's kind of true. <laughs> all, all I'm hearing from this is that we can chalk Kent up for some uh, self-loathing classes because it sounds like Kirk's exactly <laughs> like him in every way, and somehow no. Kent still doesn't like him. Definitely no. not. No. I would have a little bit more drip at a podium than him. Uh there's a couple. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That's what you're going to lead on. with? Where's, I need a challenge flag. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I Dude, look, it's not like the bar's high. I mean, this man, this dude, I, look, he bought a couple shirts straight from the, like, the, the, the section at Costco. Like, just, I'm not even sure he ironed the shirt, and y'all are out here. I, I have some I have some style. Just a tad. Just wow, it got way nope. too quiet on. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of this. <sighs> hit that well, hey, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody that is hanging out with us. Please feel free to leave that five star review. Helps us grow KC Sports Network. It's almost time for uh real football to start. And that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be previewing the Patriots and the Bengals today. A couple quick things. I don't know. Like it'll be too, too late by Monday. Quinton Williams gets his deal today. $66 million guaranteed four years, $96 million, 96 million APY or, you know, 24 million APY or 24 and a half. Um, No, it's 20. It doesn't matter. 24, 24 million APY. That's right. Yes. Hashtag math. Uh, just quick thought. Like, I mean, that feels like the last. That, that feels like the last domino, right? Like, that's the last thing that needs to get settled with the Chris Jones stuff going on, right, Manny? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we should be a little surprised if we get much beyond uh, midway next week without seeing a Chris Jones substantial news. Whether that is the contract, which is what I would suspect. Or you start to hear a lot about the team, the two sides not even being close. I just think you're getting one of the two, and I don't expect the latter. It's just I do think that's a slim possibility. But like you're going to get some kind of news between by Wednesday of next week at the latest. I think because this was this was the last I guess hurdle that you would be waiting for. Yes, absolutely. And frankly, Quinn and Williams not clearing the twenty five million dollar mark. I think kind of sets the table. Like I don't know that there's. Much of an expectation now at this point. Chris Jones still very clearly said, I want to be the second highest paid player defensive tackle. I assume he means APY because Quinn and Williams just went over the top of Aaron Donald with guaranteed money, 66 million versus 65 million. I assume that's an APY perspective. We'll see how it all shakes out. You've got the top end. You've got essentially third place now after the Chris Jones deal. There, there's nothing that's really bounding this anymore. And on top of that, Chris Jones at the ESPYs last night, having himself a really good time, posts posts a picture of himself on Instagram and says, the show enjoyed celebrating with my brothers last night. DeAndre Hopkins throws up prayer hands underneath it. That's fine. You know, whatever, you know, yeah, praise hands, not prayer hands, praise hands, throws them up. All of that. Wonderful. Great. You know, that sort of stuff happens. It's Chris Jones's reaction to that. Fingers crossed and the handshake deal. So I it's happening. Things are coming. <laughs> I'm just listen, it's happening. It's happening right now. You're calling your shot here on Nuke too? Is that I, what you're doing? 
I am calling my shot on Chris Jones. I am not willing to go any further. Oh uh, no, yeah. I heard it. No, I heard you was calling it for Nuke too. Like you, you put it out there that it was. Nick's Fine, done. I'll call Nick's it for Nuke. Deal. Let's call it for Let's Nuke. Let's go. I have breaking news. Per Dove Kleinman, Craig Stout has I'm said out. that the Chiefs <laughs> don't do that to signing. Craig. Don't do that to Craig. <laughs> no, that that feels appropriate for the level of uh, knowledge that I have on the situation. Uh, yeah, we're we'll, we'll monitor that. I I would love for there to be Chris Jones news uh, by Monday so we can talk about it on the show. That would be absolutely uh, absolutely delightful. We're going to preview the New England Patriots and the Cincinnati Fraud Goals. Uh, today we'll start with the Patriots save the best for first, uh, (laughs) quality of the roster, Greg. I mean, uh, this feels like a Bill Belichick (laughs) roster. I mean, there's some dudes in there that you look at and you're like, Oh, I can see how that guy could play like three different positions on this defense for bill. And there's a lot of those types of guys on here. It's fine. Like, I, I look at it. I see all the ways that Bill Belichick can utilize this group of individuals, especially a lot of the rookies there. I really like what they did adding to their group. We'll get to some of them coming up here. The offensive line is fine. Like, it, there's going to be holes in here, but it's going to be fine. They're going to get the ball out quick with Mac Jones anyway. You know, they add Juju Smith-Schuster. They've got Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. Like, I look at it, and it's a lot of, fine on this roster and what we've seen is bill belichick doing a lot with fine rosters in his career i expect the same here it's one of the few teams that i look at and i'm just like yeah i get it like you know it may not be top in anyways but i can see how this team wins listen uh people aren't ready for the conversation but uh you know, uh, Bill Belichick ain't doing much without Tom Brady. Okay. Mm. Let's just call a spade a spade. Bill Belichick. I'm ready for it. Not and doing much and, without Tom Brady. And without cheating, some would say. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll allow the cheating. Um, So he's not doing much without Tom Brady. Uh, And this roster looks like one that the Patriots would go contend for a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Unfortunately, they have a McCorkle Jones behind center. And despite his ability to throw a 70-yard bomb in uh, shorts and a t-shirt. In a 60-yard field. Been- Feels only he hasn't been that good at quarterback. So Seriously. this is a weird one. This is an interesting like case study here. What, what are you going on about? I'm mean, just ignoring you and talking over you, but you, you can interrupt me now. It's okay. <laughs> the field that someone said Mac Jones threw a 70 yard bomb on is only 60 yards long. <laughs> I could have thrown it from nope. the sideline. Nope. That's not I, it. It's just I flat out not a 70 yard it. throw. It's not. I didn't watch it at all. So I it does your... not exist. So anywho, <laughs> they have Matt Jones back there. It's trying to lead a very mid roster top to bottom into the playoffs, into the Super Bowl. And I just, I think it's just going to come crashing down yet again. I think it's literally just going to fall flat again because there's not enough talent on this team to that with somebody boosting it up. Tom Brady was boosting up average rosters his entire career with the Patriots, not every year, but a lot of years. And that's the way that Bill Belichick is continuing to build this roster with culture guys, with Belichick guys that can do this, that, or the other. Unless you have the people propping them up, I don't know if that's enough. And I think we're starting to see that with the Patriots here. And I, I expect this year to be much of the same. Yeah, only pushback on that a little bit is they had one of the best defenses in the NFL at the end of the year, uh, by the end of the year. and Smoke screen. Maybe, but 
they return everybody back. Wasn't a wasn't a hundred yard field. <laughs> that that's yeah, that's why. Uh, which totally wouldn't help the off. It's 125. Offense. They lost a couple receivers that are l- losable. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's need. We'll see. I mean, I, it was kind of surprised that he got as much as he did from him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I'm, I'm with you in principle, but also this defense did really well last year and added some interesting dudes to it as well. So uh, what is the quality of the staff, Craig? I mean, if they're Terrible. better than Move last on. year, they're better than last year because they have an offensive coordinator this year. Um, and Sophia even acknowledges it's Bill O'Brien. Sophia says, can we acknowledge that it's not that good? I mean, Bill O'Brien, everywhere he's gone, has been heralded as this great offensive mind that is going to bring about all this change, really boost everything around him. But in reality, what has he really done? Deshaun Watson and D Hop on, you know, 50 50 balls just over and over and over again in that Houston Texans offense. That's not something that Bill O'Brien is saying, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to scheme D Hop up here. No, they're just throwing the ball up. He goes to Alabama, gets to play under Nick Saban, gets to coach elite, elite players at every single position. Of course. They were good on offense. That's what it is. Now he's coming back here to New England. He is coaching Mac Jones. He's coaching these guys that are fine receivers. They've got a fine set of weapons. But I don't see anything that you know in his past that's really going to lead me to believe that he's going to take this group of guys, elevate them to something better than they are, and they desperately need that. To Maddie's point, there, you know, they need something to boost this offense up to give them that extra leg up and do all of the things that Tom Brady did, it's not going to come from Bill O'Brien, in my opinion. So I I like Bill O'Brien. Um, I think, like's a strong word. I think Bill O'Brien <laughs> is a smart offensive mind. I think Bill O'Brien can design and call a good offense. I don't know if he's as good as Josh McDaniels is at that exact same thing, though. So if I go back two years ago and look what the Patriots offense was, this version of it, the best with McDaniels at the helm, I don't see how they are going to even match that, which was just a competent offense. Not good, not great, just competent. I think it's going to be a struggle for them to get back there despite Bill O'Brien being a clear upgrade over whatever dog and pony show they had trying to run the offense last year. Defensively, Bill Belichick, as much you know, as I was joking around about how he's not the, the guy um, that maybe we all talk him up to be, that's like kind of tongue-in-cheek, he's still a great defensive coach. He's still going to do wonders on the defensive side of the ball. Kent said it. The defense last year was still pretty darn good. I will say, you know, eh, competition level matters um, for them a little bit when you're talking about the defense. The good offenses they played kind of didn't have that hard of a time with them. Um, so, like, it was, it was mixed results. They gave up over 30 points, like, three out of their last seven games. Defense wasn't that great. I just still trust Bill Belichick to make that work. It's the offensive side that I think has a lot of room for improvement. I just, I, I still think there's a hard ceiling and you don't have to look any farther than the 2021 uh, Patriots offense. Yeah, you make a good point, Maddie. I mean, they allowed 35 points to a good offense like the Bills and then, uh, you know, they were, you know, allowing only 22 to a, an offense like the Bengals. We're going to take a break and we'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Craig. Yes, sir. Kent. (laughs) Matthew. Donkey. Paper. New additions. For the New England Patriots. Like and subscribe. Five-star review. You know where I'm going with the new edition here. My guy, Demario Douglas. Uh, wide receiver out of Liberty. He was a guy that would have been a my guy. Really? The, you, of course you knew that's where it was going here. But I don't just mean that. It, it, everybody's going to look at that. It's like it's a late day three pick. Like what, what really is this guy going to bring to it? Look at their depth chart. He is the backup slot wide receiver to... Juju Smith-Schuster, who is not healthy right now. Demario Douglas has a real opportunity to get on the field in a big way in this offense. And within a very structured offense, where there's going to be very much a bam, bam sort of read, Demario Douglas has the separation ability, the agility, and the uh, (laughs) wide receiversmanship, because I don't have a better word for it. I w- gotta love that wide, one. We gotta, we're we're getting sure for that one. Wide receiver well, yeah, wide, man, wide receiver manship and losable wide receivers so far this episode. We're on a roll. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Anyway, he's gonna get time. And Mac Jones is gonna fall in love with this guy because he's gonna be in the right spot. He's gonna gain enough separation out of the slot. That's where this team needs a guy to step up. It's why Juju Smith-Schuster made a ton of sense for this offense and still does. He is going to be the guy for that offense, especially out of the slot. If he can't go, if that knee is bugging him into the season, Demario Douglas is going to be the first man up. And I'm not going to be surprised. He steps up, has a pretty big start to his rookie year before Juju Smith-Schuster gets healthy. Listen, I agree with a lot of what Craig's saying, specifically in regards to Juju Smith-Schuster here, um, about maybe he's not going to be healthy. They might have to split some time with him. So that's why my new addition is Mike Gesicki hitting the gritty out of the slot, replacing Juju Smith-Schuster. 
up and down the field. Every catch, every touchdown, he is going to hit the widest gritty you have ever seen. And he is going to have no shit. Kent is great at doing the Mike Gesicki gritty. Um, he's going to have no shame in it. I think that he's actually a pretty good fit for them. I think he does give Mac Jones a little bit of a safety net of a player to throw to, who's a big tight end, you know, tall, good catch radius. He can do a lot of the things that make a lot of younger quarterbacks feel safe. And I think Gesicki is a pretty good receiving tight end. Don't ask him to block. Just don't do it. Just no, stop. Don't do it. And that's where they have guys like Hunter Henry and Anthony Fersker in there to do a lot of the blocking. He'll spend most of the time split out wide. So yeah, I think Gesicki's going to be in for a pretty big year. And I think it'll be a little surprising for those that, uh, maybe do the fantasy stuff after coming off a dud year in Miami. I think Gesicki's going to be a little bit of a sleeper for a position in uh, fantasy football that usually has like one guy that matters and his name's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't know if I'd classify him entirely as a tight end. There's a lot more wide receivermanship to him than there is to most tight ends. Uh, <laughs> Make the shirts, baby. Let's I go. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go off the reservation just like Bill Belichick's drafts. Uh, I'm going to go with Marte Mapu. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, with him and he was the third round pick for the new England Patriots. And like, there's a couple other guys we can talk about. Like, I know there's some low hanging fruit here. Uh, I really wanted to talk about, uh, Mike Jasicki, but Maddie took him. Marte Mapu's kind of interesting though, because like, I look at I, one of the things I was going to say about Mike Jasicki is we can kind of talk about bill belichick rosters but when bill belichick rosters are humming he's identifying guys with specific skill sets and exploiting them to their best on both sides of the ball specifically on defense like we talk about andy exploiting the strengths of uh you know of, of all of his players on offense well i think bill belichick does that better than anybody in the national football league on the defensive side of the ball and Marte mapu i don't know if i liked him as a third round player but he's kind of an intriguing linebacker safety nickel hybrid type player that you know did a lot of stuff at sacramento state and you know started as a safety worked his way closer to the box kind of operated more as an overhang but he's kind of like one of those unique players where i could see you know the patriots having a very defined specific plan for him and bill belichick having something very specifically in mind which is why they didn't want to mess around and made sure to take him in the third round was a little bit rich for me. He's, he's undersized. He's 215 pounds uh, on a good day uh, after a little bit of clam chowder up there. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to play heavier than that. So how they utilize him is going to be kind of interesting. He's in the perfect situation, I think, for his skill set because Bill Belichick knows how to take all those elements and put them together and and, and kind of make them work. Let's It'll talk him, the bro and Kyle Duggar all together. I just was like those three guys together, yeah. very overlapping skills. That's going to be interesting. And if there's a defensive coach that will find a way to use them, it is Bill Belichick. I mean, that's an interesting, like interchangeable three guys that can kind of play everywhere. So like, I, I will say that. I don't know if I think he was worth a third round pick coming out into the draft. I don't. I think it's a good, an interesting situation to at least watch. Yeah. Players to watch though, Craig. Yeah, I'm going to go with one of the low-hanging fruit for the rookies, Christian Gonzalez, a player that should not have been around at pick 17 in the NFL draft, should have gone much higher, a tier one cornerback. Um, this is a guy that has a chance to play at a lockdown level. You're putting him in a Bill Belichick defense. He's a smart player that's going to pick up a multiple scheme. I can see Christian Gonzalez winning defensive rookie of the year easily within this scheme hell jack jones gave it a run for his money in this scheme last year and christian gonzalez 
is a better player than Jack Jones. I like Jack Jones. Christian Gonzalez is just simply better. I can see avenues towards this defense leaning on Christian Gonzalez a lot more. When Bill Belichick has had that stud CB1 type, what he can do shielding the number two, shielding the slot, playing with these multiple guys. Matty talked about the safeties. Chris uh, talked about Marte Mapu. A lot of those pieces start to make a lot more sense because you can just isolate one side of the field. I think Christian Gonzalez has that ability. If he plays to that level, I am not going to be surprised at all, and I would not be surprised if it helps revolutionize the defense. I, I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson, uh, the running back, because not a fan of him coming out of college. I do not like big running backs that run soft, and he ran very soft in college. And I wouldn't say he's the most powerful runner in the NFL, but he's a really big back with really nice feet, good agility, and he has been infinitely better than I thought he would be in the NFL. In fact, their offense goes as far as he takes them. When they have good offensive games, it's because he's doing stuff that matters. He's making plays, whether it's in the screen game, whether it's as a runner, like he's doing stuff that matters when their offense is good. I don't know if you can funnel in this day and age and offense through just a running back, especially I like Stevenson. He's been very good, but he's not elite. Like, I don't know if you can funnel an offense to a really good, but not elite running back. But the Patriots kind of have to try. So I'm interested to see what he does this year when an offense is probably going to be run through him a lot again. He has very much surprised me just the transition that he made from college to the NFL and how well he has been. So it's kind of made me a little bit of a fan of a guy that like I just simply didn't think was going to cut it that well in the NFL. And he's been phenomenal for the Patriots. Like I'm kind of a fan of his and I'm excited to see him and where he can kind of drag this uh, New England offense to. I think I had a real little grade on him coming out like yeah, we didn't grade. like him yeah you were with yeah, me in the same I, boat like we just like weren't a, a fan put like a sixth round grade on him uh i'm gonna go with the starting quarterback for the new england patriots in week 15 that would be bailey zappy um no hey look I, I i'm gonna talk about the quarterback position it's it's a big year for mac jones i mean it's it's the big year i think this is kind of like the defining year for him doesn't seem there seems like there's been some tension at times there in new england with him and his situation um it hasn't been the cleanest uh tenure for for mac jones and this is kind of the defining year with his old offensive coordinator and bill o'brien here in the mix a guy that's very um uh, understands him at a high level understands how to exploit his talents and his strengths uh, it i think that's one of the things that we probably didn't spend enough time talking about when we were talking about the coaching staff is that relationship between bill o'brien and mac jones exists before this so that's worth noting. And if both of them work to well in tandem, this team is can be sneaky good. I mean, this this team can can sneak up on some teams even in a tough AFC East. They're probably like if Mac Jones plays well under Bill O'Brien, this is a team that the AFC East, the loaded AFC East, is going to hate to play. It's going to be very Denver E where it's like a really good football team, like a, a good defense. And, you know, they, if they get hot on offense, they can give you a few fits here or there, make things competitive. It starts with Mac Jones. And uh, yeah, like I, I it, it, if it doesn't work though, Whew. Bailey Zappi time. How does this team beat the chiefs? Craig, um, you let Matthew Judon get close to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, keep that man away from Patrick Mahomes. I say it every single offseason. Just don't let him near Patrick Mahomes. Don't let him hurt him. This defensive line is good enough to disrupt this Chiefs offense. Uh, they were good last year. 
They are arguably going to be better this year with a healthier Christian Barmore who had some glimpses. His rookie year was good, had some glimpses, but he was hurt a lot of last year. They added Keon White, a player that I'm not like a super huge fan of, but again, one of those players that you look at and you're like, oh, damn it, Belichick's going to get the most out of that kind of guy. I see a lot of paths to success for this defense is specifically this defensive line to disrupt the Chiefs offense. And then on the back end, they've got enough players in that secondary to be a little bit competitive against the Chiefs offensive weapons. Even Travis Kelsey, Kyle Duggar, his rookie year was not bad against Travis Kelsey and has arguably gotten better. So it really starts and ends with this defense really disrupting the Chiefs offense. I don't see the other side of the ball being the part that's going to do it, but if they're going to win, it's going to be this defense really doing it all. Yeah, it would be the it would be Bill Belichick having one of these great like out of left field kind of game plans where you they're running something else all year, the Chiefs are seeing something else all year and then all of a sudden for this game it's a complete curveball. And then at halftime, he flips it again, right? As the Chiefs are looking to maybe, you know, kind of pin it down, then he flips it again and you get a Bill Belichick masterpiece. It's not, it's obviously not entirely, you know, out of left field. It's not out of the question for that to happen. The problem with the Patriots is while they're not good, and I think sometimes I think we got a question in here if uh, from Sophia here, if like this would be one of those games where Andy kind of gives you a ho hum kind of game plan or something. I don't think so because it's the Patriots. They've built up a lot of ill will from teams around the league just because they whoop their ass forever because they beat them down so frequently. Nobody takes the Patriots lightly. As long as Bill Belichick's there, no one's going to roll into the Patriots like, oh, okay, this is a walk in the park. Everyone wants to stick it to the Patriots after they got beat down by them for two decades. So like, I don't think you're going to have a down game from the Chiefs. It's just there is a chance you get a Bill Belichick masterclass. It comes down to this, you know, a dragging game where the Patriots control the ball, the defense is play stellar, and the Chiefs just kind of have a a low scoring output, and the Patriots are able to come away with the victory, you know, late in the fourth quarter. You get a lot of good against anything type plays in that kind of game plan because you never know what Bill Belichick is going to throw at him. Non Mahomes Chiefs MVP in this game, Craig. Uh, it's Nick Bolton. I, I think when we were talking about MVPs, I knew we were doing this. This is one of those games that I kind of targeted all along as a Nick Bolton game. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to throw a lot of short passes. They're going to try and bunch up the middle of the field a little bit here with Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki. I can see Nick Bolton having a huge imprint on this game, not just stopping the run, but making multiple plays against the path, being in the throwing lane, trying to disrupt some of those things, laying big hits across the middle of the field. This just feels like one of those a little bit old school slobber knocker style games, especially if the Patriots are going to come out and play that way as well. These are the ones that we tend to see second level defenders for the Chiefs defense really kind of ratchet it up a notch. I expect a big Nick Bolton game. Uh, I think Craig kind of mentioned it earlier. The the Patriots, um, especially with Kyle Duggar this last time against the Chiefs, really kind of held Travis Kelsey in check. And this is a Duggar as a rookie. And then so now you're going in. He, Duggar's been a lot better since then. He's been a very good player. The Bill Belichick and the Patriots often really try hard to take away Travis Kelsey. They hit him at the line of scrimmage with pass rushers and then have a safety come over and try to cover him. They go slap him with a double team on first down and on third down and on second down and whenever they want and they mix it up and they make it really hard for Travis Kelsey to beat them. 
Well, this is the time it finally happens. Travis Kelsey takes advantage of Jawan Bentley and Jelani Tavai in coverage. Who exactly? He takes care of them. He has a, he has a big game. Kelsey gets his versus the Patriots, and he is your non-Mahomes Chiefs MVP. Jelani Tavai was a my guy, Maddie. Come on. Man. I'm aware, and his brother is apparently also on their roster. That I knew he definitely knew he had. It's July. Let's mix things up a little bit. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the... Isn't that what I did? (laughs) We've talked a lot about the developmental arc of BJ Thompson as a guy that is probably not going to see some time early in the the season, but if he's able to stick around and develop and, and and proves worthy of you know, sticking around on the roster, he could be, you know, a guy that maybe gets involved a little bit more late as the season goes on. Well, I think this could be a game where you could see BJ Thompson in the mix this late in the year against a heavier footed left tackle in Trent Brown. So I think BJ Thompson is, he's got unique athletic ability. We know that insane bend and length and explosiveness off the ball. Obviously, there's going to be some questions about, you know, how he's going to be able to work his body, what his body looks like heading into training camp, how he plays the run, how he picks up everything. But as a pure rusher up the arc, he's a problem. So this could be one of those opportunities if BJ Thompson gets into the mix here in a big way late in the season. This is a perfect game for him to try to run up the arc and and cause some problems against a heavier-footed left tackle in Trent Brown. So let's just throw some, let's have some fun today. We're going to say BJ Thompson. I will be singing the praises of BJ Thompson if he's able to get a sack in this game. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. <sighs> Last game preview of the season here for us, uh, because you know obviously we don't do we don't do double with the Raiders and the Chargers. We've you know or the Broncos, the divisional teams. We have already talked about them. So there's one more team left, and it's the last AFC team that this team has played. Uh, Cincinnati comes to Burrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. What's the quality of this roster, Craig? I mean, as much as we want to windmill dunk on this team, it's a really good roster. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very, very good roster. That wide receiver group is phenomenal. Um, they'll probably ha- have Tyler Boyd this game. So according to him, they're going to score about 120 points hmm. because he will be playing. But oh. no, Joe Burrow, fantastic quarterback. Uh, Joe Mixon, a really scary running back. You got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd out there. It is scary. I actually really like the Irv Smith Jr. move to try and add to their you know tight end room. I think that that's a good one as well. And the defense has enough players, specifically on the defensive line, 
to make an impact. Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, BJ Hill, DJ Reader. That is a scary-ish foursome, and they added a couple of guys as well. But this is a pretty damn good roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think the roster quality is fraudulent. Uh, just like everything about this team, full of a bunch of frauds, a bunch of phonies, a bunch of fakes. It's a team entirely boosted on the backs of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And you know, know what? No, not even Tyler Boyd. He's also part of the fraudulent squad. It's really just an entire team boosted up by Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. That's all they have to offer on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, we'll talk about it next. It's all coaching. Players, frauds, all frauds, discount Cleveland, frauds. Kent, what do you think of this roster? I mean, if this was a seven-on-seven league, they'd be they'd be pretty solid. Uh, but they're not. And they're off defense. Their offensive line, uh, you know, it's got some question marks as it has every single year. There's always an injury or two that occurs. And and when that happens, things never go well for the Cincinnati Bengals. Chris Jones eats Joe Burrow's lunch uh, in the AFC championship game. A lot of quality players, a lot of quality pass catchers, good running back, uh, some interesting tight ends. And yeah, like the defense, they've got a, a yeah, they've got a collection of players uh, as well. <laughs> For real on defense, like um, I, th- 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 there's a lot of fraudulent activities going on. Um, if you look at this defense, I mean, like you got a cornerback room led by Chidobe Awuzie and Cam Taylor Britt. Like that's, that's what you got. You lose like two starting safeties and you're, now you're going to run out there at Dax Hill and Nick's fraudulent, very fraudulent on the back end right now. Uh, quality of the coaching staff. Craig, why don't you why don't you be nice today? I I am being nice. I am the only one apparently that's going to actually sure. look at this roster and it's break July it down. and I'm angry. <laughs> Listen, uh, Zach Taylor. Uh, if you haven't been listening to uh, the Athletics, the Play Callers podcast series, after you finish this, go listen to that. It's excellent. Zach Taylor's part of it as well. Comes from that McVay tree, comes from that Origins. I think he's finally starting to find his own a little bit more. I think he's becoming a much better play caller, finally overcoming some of those things that were wearing on him before, trying to figure out how to use Joe Burrow, trying to figure out how to use Jamar Chase that wasn't just throw him up the ball and hope it happens, much like we talked about with Bill O'Brien earlier. And then his defensive counterpart in Lou Anaromo has been fantastic. Like he really does a really good job tailoring his game plans, especially in the playoffs to every individual team in a way that we haven't seen in a little while. He is very tough to play against, especially in the playoffs, especially in these big games. He just puts a lot of stuff on tape and it's stuff that's, it's not just like Wink Martindale where it's just a lot of stuff. And he's hoping to catch you, hoping to make you make a mistake. It is very concentrated. Once he finds that little crack that he can attack, he's going to keep doing it over and over and over until the dam breaks. It's a good coaching staff. They've really put together a good one so far. And it's why they've been able to maximize this good level of non-fraudulent talent. I mean, offensively, I still think it's pretty fraudulent. Um, they, use, I mean, Jamar Chase's route tree is essentially the same as what it was as a rookie. Um, it's just like other stuff happened, so it made people forget that they just kind of throw go balls and like little slants and stop routes to him. 
T. Higgins, kind of the same thing. Like the offense operated better. I do think I give them credit. They realize that teams are going to play cover two against them or two man, and they're going to make it hard to hit the YOLO balls down the sideline. So they went from a completely fraudulent offensive scheme to like a 50% fraudulent offensive scheme last year. So like kudos to them for that. On the other side, this entire team is just based around Big Lou being amazing. He's the only reason we don't think of this team as just one giant fraudulent franchise is because Big Lou is one of the top two, and he's not two defensive coordinators in the game right now. Look, I mean, this defense has Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader, BJ Hill, Trey Hendrickson on the on the defensive front, and they absolutely destroy teams in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're bad players. But that's not a dominant defensive line. That's not a defensive line that should be running the league's best offenses off the field. And they do regularly. On the back end, we already talked about it. Yeah, they lost Jesse Bates and stuff. But like they didn't have any studs in the secondary. And they still very rarely got absolutely obliterated through the air because Big Lou is saving them from being discount Cleveland Frogles week in and week out. Uh. I, they do deserve a lot of credit for kind of mixing up things in the run game, the back half of the last season a little bit. Uh, they don't try, fun. don't try and join me over here on this island. Keep keep your vitriol, buddy. Fine. <laughs> I think their play calling is skyline chili. <laughs> Give me a new addition, Craig. So pasta. <laughs> yeah, Impasta. Impasta. <laughs> That's too good. That's too good. <laughs> the new addition that I am keeping an eye on here is Orlando Brown Jr. We in Kansas City Oop. are Orlando Brown Jr. Oh, got it. Starting left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. Rod. We are all very, very aware of what Orlando Brown Jr.'s strengths and weaknesses are in Kansas City. So are the Chiefs. They... They let Orlando Brown Jr. walk for nothing. Just let him hit free agency. Decided we'll collect the whatever that comp pick, whatever it's going to be, you know, next year. So the question is, is he going to play to the level that he did in Kansas City? Is he going to play to the level that he did in Baltimore? He certainly wants to return to yet another Pro Bowl, consistently voted that way by his peers and other coaches. However, they need somebody over there that is a stabilizing force. The thing that has destroyed this franchise over the past three years and prevented them from getting over the hump and putting a ring on some fingers is the fact that that offensive line is terrible and routinely terrible. The Chiefs got after Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game last year, and that was an improved offensive line, or at least an attempt at one at that point. So Orlando Brown Jr. coming in could offer a stabilizing force. If he does not, they are right back to square one, trying to keep Joe Burrow healthy and not able to do some of the things that they want to do. I'm going to go with uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Cigar Smoking Joe. He's back there. He's talking trash. He's lighting up the league. He's doing all this. He's winning games. He's Is making he big plays. He's a new addition. Oh, we're on new addition, not players to watch? <laughs> oh, man. I that, was ready to roll. That That's ready to go. Oh, man. It was, was in ready. the holster. I even, I I even debated give... interrupting you. You know what? I was ready to give hey. Burrow so many compliments, but that's okay. No, no, no. no. Okay. Hey, we're let's going just back. Put... No. Nick Scott, safety. Um, he comes in, he has to replace Jesse Bates. 
He came from the Rams. He actually, he was pretty good for the Rams uh, as a little bit of a rotational role, filling in for some injuries for them. I think he's kind of ready to take the next step. He's got big shoes to fill there with uh, Jesse Bates. But I do think, I, I give this defense a little bit of crap because I don't know if they are, are as good as the stats always say. I think Jesse Bates also helped them a lot. He gets them set up. He covers a lot of mistakes anybody else may or may not make. That's up to Nick Scott now or Dax Hill, but I, I think it's going to be a lot on Nick Scott's plate. So can he do that? Can he provide that veteran leadership that Jesse Bates didn't get, keep that defense running the way Big Lou wants it to run? Because if not, yikes. Uh, I'm going to go with Charlie Jones, Mm-mm. the slot receiver from Purdue. And so Trent Irwin kind of had a little bit of success late in the year for them uh, as a guy operating in, in the slot. And I think Charlie Jones could be the Tyler Boyd slash better Trent Irwin type player for this team down the road. He's an interesting player with a really good athletic profile, uh, surprise, like kind of surprisingly athletic profile, better than I thought it would test, which is watching him on tape. Um, but he's a really quality kind of guy that can operate within the middle of the field. Good route runner, tough as nails, willing to catch the ball away from his frame in the middle of the field. I think he could be like, I think he's a guy that, uh, could really push for opportunities as soon as this year. And I am, uh, I'm a fan of his. All right. Uh, I want to start with Maddie on this one. Oh man. I was going to pick okay. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Listen, um, Nick, Players Tucker, to watch, can, somebody, Maddie? can somebody pipe in my intro to this segment from before? Can we just put it back in here now? So I don't got to repeat it. Okay, uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Stokey Smoking Burrow coming out here, you know, throwing YOLO balls up, leading comebacks, the coolest guy in football, all that stuff. Also known as the guy single most benefited by playing with Big Lou. Can Joe Burrow finally not choke when it comes to a big game in the playoffs? Can the guy finally not get boosted up by his defensive coordinator bailing him out? Every big game, can he go out there and win a game on his own with his fraudulent self? Or is he just going to sit back and let Big Daddy Lou take care of it for him? To be fair, he did have a couple really big throws in the AFC Championship game to Chiefs rookie defensive backs. Listen, he there just he that. was just begging he was just begging for Big Lou to bail him out like he did the year before and yeah. every playoff game before that. That's all he's doing out there. He's my player to watch. Maybe he can finally get over the hurdle and not have to go crawling back to Big Lou. Craig, who's your player to watch? Big, Throw a touchdown in the fourth quarter, buddy. Big Daddy Lou, huh? The, the, this man is just escalating. Um, all right, uh, my player to watch is Daxton Hill. Uh, Maddie alluded to him and how that safety room is not good. And that secondary doesn't look like it's going to be good either. Dax Hill was a first round pick last year that played in 15 games and only played 14% of the defensive snaps. He did not grasp what they wanted him to do. And there was room on this defense for him to slot in big Lou, big daddy Lou. I'm sorry. Would have figured out a way to use him. If he would have been able to get on the field in a meaningful way. Now he's supposed to be a starter. Now they're putting a lot on his plate here. What happens with that? He was a guy that I liked. I liked his versatility, his flexibility. I thought he was going to be great in like a Steve Spagnuolo scheme. I condone drafting him in the first round of that draft. He was not good in this defense last year. He needs to make significant strides because 
We know the offense is going to score plenty for Cincinnati. That's not a worry at all. But if this secondary doesn't have one guy step up at all, they are going to be playing in a lot of shootouts because there's going to be a lot of space on the back end. Uh, my player to watch uh, is Joseph Osai, Chiefs legend Joseph Osai. Let's see if he can make any tackles inbounds against the Chiefs. How does alone. this team beat the Chiefs, Craig? Leave them alone. They play them in the regular season. That's how. I feel like I, I did that one, uh, what was that, a couple weeks ago. But that's that's how it happened. The Bills. The Bills, yeah. Uh, listen, Joe Burrow and this offense are good enough to put up 40 points in this game. They just are. They, just they, they have the potential to do so against the regular season towards the end of the season, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo who are going to be keeping a lot of stuff close to the vest because they don't want to reveal anything for the playoffs. I still don't know if it'll matter, though, because that secondary is not good. They're going to be relying on Trey Hendrickson, VJ Hill, VJ Reader, and Sam Hubbard to be superheroes, and Miles Murphy, I guess, Joseph Osai. They're going to be relying on those guys to do literally everything because – it's going to be hard to cover the Chiefs' weapons on the other side. So it will be a shootout in this game, even with some vanilla concepts there. I can just see the Chiefs maybe giving up some stuff towards the end of the game, not wanting to let too much on, not thinking that it's going to be a big deal because we're going to get out the good stuff here in a few weeks when we probably see him in the playoffs again. Well, that's just it. The Chiefs are sitting there in a one seed. The The fraud goals are maybe a two, three, four seed. Like, you know, you're going to probably see them again in a couple weeks. How much the Chiefs really going to show? It's the Fraudville Super Bowl. They're going to lay it all on the line. They're going to do absolutely everything they can to win this game. The Chiefs usually, not the Chiefs, Andy Reid usually holds just a little bit back. He, I mean, he does. He admitted he to it specifically against the Bengals. He, yeah, spent, he, he said likes, last year specifically they didn't move Chris Jones around a ton the first mm -hmm. game because they were going to do it against him the second game. He keeps stuff in the holster, and this game coming so late every year, I think, always gives this false sense that the you know the, the fraud duels are better, or they might have the Chiefs' number, or something like that. And it's just like the Chiefs are just holding stuff back. So yeah, that might happen again. And then you know Joe Burrow is going to throw some Yolo balls off to Jamar Chase, who's going to probably elbow someone in the back of the head and make a great catch, get bailed out there. It'll be late in the fourth quarter. Big Lou will save the day yet again, and then Joe Burrow will hand the ball off to Joe Mixon, who will run a one-yard touchdown, and we'll talk about how great Joe Burrow was. Um, as they come back and beat the Chiefs from behind, and essentially the same way every other regular season game has gone against the, the Froggles at this point in time, right? Like, it's not hard to see how they beat the Chiefs. The recipe's already there. The Chiefs take it, not lightly, but they purposely don't show a lot of stuff. The Froggles care a lot more. Big Lou bails out Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase commits a lot of OPIs that aren't called, so on and so forth, rinse and repeat. It's four three-point games between these teams. Mm -hmm. And... You can point to big boneheaded mistakes that the Chiefs make in every single one of them, except for, and I mean, you even, I mean, honestly, oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes beat Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game on a high ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, he lost the ball out of his hands because he really couldn't move well trying to manipulate his body on a high ankle sprain and fumble the ball and gave Joe Burrow 65 different chances to try to put the ball in the end zone and they weren't good enough their best wasn't good enough I think the stink is off I think it's done I think this whole the Bengals could be no I think it's over I think we're gonna see more than a three-point win in the regular season with the Chiefs not showing much because it's been a bunch of these little three-point games even with the Chiefs not showing much in the past. 
And it's been dumb little things that have just caught up to him in the regular season. The swag the Bengals had is fake. They've only scored, scored over 30 points one time. Joe Burrow's only put 30 points on the board one time. I think it's, I think the whole, I think the, I think the, I think the bit is over for Cincinnati. I think it's done. (laughs) It's a bit. It's definitely a bit. Oh man. Imagine when big Lou gets a job next year as a head coach. Like what are they going to do? Well, they're not going to have any jewelry on their fingers still. Uh, Uh, Don't buy plenty. No rings and no defensive coordinator here in about seven months. Oh, unbelievable. (laughs) Craig, who's the non Mahomes chiefs MVP? The non-Mahomes Chiefs MVP is Chris Jones. I know I've used him before, but I can't not. Who cares? Chris Jones. I try it. Listen, some of us try people. and come up with a little yeah, bit different fresh. take. Gosh. Be new. Yeah, don't repeat, Kent. No, um, it, it's Chris Jones because he got the monkey off of his back with playoff sacks against Joe Burrow with two of them there. La- the previous season, he got two against Joe Burrow as well. It's happening again. Chris Jones, they they moved him around a ton. They were they kept some stuff close to the vest so that they could really get after that Bengals offense, and they were able to. There's nothing left to hide for Chris Jones anymore. They're going to play him everywhere. They're going to use him everywhere. And even with a vanilla game plan, he's still going to go to town and wreck both the interior and the edges of this offensive line. That's right. I said it. He's going to get after the tackles as well. Chris Jones is going to have another multi-sack game against Joe Burrow, closing out the season, having an excellent year once again. And this is going to be the ones that we throw the highlights on after the year. Once again, as Chris Jones wins defensive player of the year. Woo. So, um, the fraud goals usually play Travis Kelsey pretty well. Big Lou makes it his mission to shut him down. Um, during, you know, it's last year during the regular season, we you know we all know uh, Kelsey's having a pretty good game. And then unfortunately on trying to, you know, because they couldn't tackle him because they're not good enough. Um, they get lucky and force a fumble that allows them to win the game because he was better than them and they couldn't tackle him. That happened last year. And then the playoffs come around. You know, Kelsey does his thing in the playoffs, but the, the, the fraud goals make it hard on Travis Kelsey. They throw a lot at him. They really do try to take him away, especially without Tyreek Hill or somebody, you know, drawing sexual attention. They make it really hard on Travis Kelsey. Will that matter this year? I don't know. But the non-Mahomes MVP of this game is 100% going to be Nuke Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> We should have let you go last. <laughs> that would have been a great way to end the show. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, non-Patrick Mahomes MVP. I don't do this ever. Maybe once. Well, this is this is the last. This I is do the last it every one. year. I'm invoking Levon. You do it every year. <laughs> I know, I know, but not every. I veto this. I'm I'm invoking Levon. This is one of those you definitely games should where have it's me go be last. a lot of fun to watch. Patrick Levon Mahomes go up against Joe Burrow and just completely destroy these stupid narratives, like these fake Super Bowls that are in the heads of the Cincinnati Bengals fans that don't exist. Like I, I maybe this is going to be a game where there's going to be some some competition. Uh, maybe there's some competition for the one seed. I don't know. We'll see if the Bengals can hold up their end of the deal. Uh, probably not. But. If they are, this will be a really fun game to watch these two quarterbacks go up against each other. And I'm excited to see just, I, 
I think that I think the Bengals were in the Chiefs' heads just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit, and not everybody's, but maybe just you know just enough. I think that's gone. I think the you know they've they've gotten rid of all that, and I think Levon's gonna go off against the Bengals the next time they see him, vanilla script or not. It'll be a lot of fun. He's gonna make Lou Anarumo's big play daddy Lou. Big Daddy Lou look like Skyline Chili. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.